Well, good morning. We're glad you're here at Faith Church. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, I'm Matthew, and I love getting to serve as the pastor, and I look forward to maybe meeting you right after our service in our welcome spot. Uh, You are joining us for uh, part five of a collection of sermons that we've been calling Seeds, and if you've missed any of them, uh, you can go back online on our central hub, faithchurchks.org, and you can listen or watch on demand the messages right there. Uh, I want to say, a big welcome to those of you that are watching uh, via live stream right now. Welcome to our Faith Church friends and family. We're glad you're here. We've been live streaming our services now for a couple of months, and uh, so it's always great to be able to impact and interact with people uh, who maybe have to enjoy church from their couch today, and uh, we're glad that you're uh, here with us. Hey, Ephesians chapter 4 is where we're going to go this morning. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 11, and we're going to read through um, several verses today and allow God's word to speak to us, but also use it as a framework as jump off as we talk today in part five, how God wants us to grow. Everybody say grow. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, it's time to grow. Turn to your second neighbor that you like a little less and tell them it's time to grow. Ephesians chapter four, starting in verse 11. Uh, You can follow along on our central hub as well. There's a spot there for you to read the verses with us. Ephesians 4, starting in verse 11, I want to read out of the New Living Translation. This is what it says. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work, building up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature, measuring to the full and complete standard of Christ so that we can mature and grow to the standard. That standard is not your past experience. That standard is not your former church. That standard is not your holy grandmother. That standard is not uh, some public figure or some political ideology. The standard that we're moving towards is Jesus Christ. We want to keep maturing and developing and growing until the areas of our life look like Jesus so that we can keep maturing to that. Listen, God wants you to grow. Can you say that with me? God wants you to grow. We want to grow to where we're blooming and blossoming in every area of our life. We want to grow so that the the attitudes that don't reflect Jesus, those change and transform. We We want to mature beyond the pettiness of life so that we keep growing up in every way. We want to grow as a church, our, our great desire, my personal desire for you this year is that you would grow. We want to grow. We all want to grow and develop. It doesn't matter if you've been walking with God for 20 years, there's more that you can grow in. 
In fact, this year we're starting something uh, in the month of March, and it will go every month, something that we're calling Growth Track, kind of revamping our kind of new guest and new member class, if you will, something that we used to call Catch the Vision. We're changing up the format, changing up some of the content, and uh, we've written it uh, in such a way to help us grow. And Growth Track is a three-week session. Uh, Step one will happen on the first Sunday of every month during the 11 o'clock service. Step two will happen on the second Sunday of every month during the 11 o'clock service. And step three, you guessed it, will happen on the third Sunday of every month during this 11 o'clock service time. Child care will be provided, and the class will meet in the blue room outside in our lobby, what we're calling our, our growth track. Walls painted blue. Uh, It'll be right there, right during this point in time, during this service. And the growth track is designed to help you gain traction in your faith so that you can discover your purpose and be deployed to live on mission with Jesus. Sometimes it's easy to start moving forward, but then we slip up, don't we? We kind of fall down. We kind of stumble. We start some good habits and patterns, but then all of a sudden, it doesn't go as planned. You miss this and then you miss that and then you start falling behind and you're like, oh, I feel stuck again. Well, we want your faith and your life and your growth, we want it to continue on. And so we've created this three-step track, if you will, that we're calling growth track because we want you to grow. We wanna grow. I wanna grow. Each of us have more uh, that we can do. Now, you're gonna hear more about growth track in in the coming weeks and you can go read about it on our central hub already and even begin to RSVP. Uh, While each of the classes are kind of self-contained, you can do them all in order, all in one month, or you can kind of hit the ones that you can make and catch the the one that you missed the next month. However works for you, uh, we want to encourage you to take that first step and gain some traction and begin to grow in your faith. Why? Because we want to continue to grow. God's desire for you and for me is that we would grow, that we would mature, that we would develop. And that's what we read here in Ephesians 4, that we would all grow to the measure of the full and complete standard of Christ. Let's keep reading. Verse 14. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing In every way, more and more like Christ. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing in love so that we all continue to grow. Now, skip down to verse 29. This is what it says. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to anyone who would hear them and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live remember he's identified you as his own guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption so get rid of bitterness and rage and anger harsh words slander as well as all types of evil behavior instead Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as 
just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Verse one of chapter five says, imitate God therefore in everything that you do because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He has loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such things have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For greedy people, they are idolaters, worshiping the things of this world. What we just read in this section, he's beginning to describe what it looks like or the things that we need to leave behind if we're going to mature and grow. Uh, isn't it true that growth is a normal process in our life? Our, our physical bodies were meant and designed to naturally grow. So you must think of it like this, that anything that isn't growing, developing, maturing, that there's something wrong. <laughs> in other words, it's perfectly normal for a six-month-old to be nursing and to be bottle-fed. But it is not normal for a 16-year-old to still be nursing and bottle-fed. That's not normal. They ought to be growing a little bit. It's perfectly normal for a four-year-old to speak their mind without any filter or any caring, understanding that what they say might be a little harsh, hurtful, or anything else. They're just kids. They don't know. But it's not okay for a 40-year-old to speak their mind with no filter, with no care for other people, with no concern. That's not okay. It, there's a development that's supposed to occur. There's some growth that's supposed to happen. There's some maturity that God wants us to grow. It's not normal for things to not grow. God wants us to grow. And that's, that's kind of what we've been talking about this entire series, isn't it? That everything that God wants to do in our lives, it always starts small. Seeds always start small, that God wants us to plant it in the ground, and we, we plant uh, the process or the people that God wants us to become. We, we plant that in the ground as we hear God's word and then practice it. But then we can't just leave the, the seed in the ground. We've actually got to water the seed that we put in the ground. Just That's how plants grow. Put the seed in the ground, then you've got to water it. And we water the seed that we put in the ground with our words. Our words when we speak God's word, we're watering the seeds of faith and life that he's asked us to plant. The promises, the development, the goals, the things that he wants for our lives. We, we use God's word in that way. But it doesn't happen overnight, does it? You can't just right there, boom, I, I planted the seed, threw a little water on it, now grow. It doesn't work that way. There's often a waiting season, a waiting period of time where it's all underground. You don't see it. It doesn't look like there's much progress. You've been coming to church for six months, but you're not really seeing a ton of change. Well, you're not going to see turnaround in six months that's taken you 16 years to develop. Like, there's a process that we walk through. It takes time, and we have to be patient while we wait. 
We have to be willing to stay planted long-term, to stay consistent, to pull the weeds out of the garden if we're going to see the fruit eventually come. But there comes a time after you've planted the seed, after you've watered the seed, after you've been waiting and waiting and waiting, there comes a time when growth begins. And I believe that God wants us to grow. And there is something that we get to participate in. There is something that you and I get to do that helps bring about growth in our life. We, we got one clue here at the last part of this section that we read in Ephesians 5 when he says, instead of walking in idolatry, use thanksgiving. In other words, there's a part that you play and that part has to do not with giving your attention and your affection to something that isn't God. We talk about idolatry. Now we wouldn't, we don't really call it that these days. We don't walk around saying, oh, that, that's an idol in my life. I probably ought to do something about that idol over there. Right? Like, that's just not part of our language. But there's a lot of things that we give our attention and our affection to more than we give our attention and our affection to God. Uh, sometimes we think more about food that we're going to have on Sunday afternoon than we're thinking about, we're giving it more attention and affection than we're thinking about our, our attention and our affection being on God. Sometimes it's our kids. We focus our attention and all of our affection goes to our kids. And God takes the back burner. So we schedule our lives and our routines because we're, we, we just want the best for our kids. Forgetting that the best thing for our kids is to model what it looks like to live God first in every area of our lives. That there's, there's something different. And so we, we easily get this conflicting reality in our lives. And so we pursue money and we pursue our activities and we pursue our careers. And all of these things get our full attention and all of our affection along with it. And God is saying, wait, 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 you're worshiping the wrong thing. And because we're worshiping the wrong thing, we're not seeing the growth that we want to see. He says, you need to flip that around. In fact, he goes on to, to talk about it in uh, verse 15 of this same chapter, chapter five in Ephesians. He says, so be careful then how you live. Don't live like fools, but live as somebody who's a little more wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. What does the Lord want you to do? Not to get drunk with wine because that'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the presence and the person of God, he says. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You're, you have a part to play in the growth that God wants for your life. I have a part to play in the growth and the spiritual formation of my life. I have a part to play. You have a part to play. You can't do more than your part, but you can't do less than your part either. If you don't do your part, something is missing. Something isn't growing like it should. You can't miss the part. You might be sitting there, okay, pastor, that's great. I want to grow. What part do I play? Here's the part that we all play. Praise and worship is the part that we play. Personal worship 
to God is the part that we get to play in the growth and the things that God wants to, to do in us. Worship and praise is the part that we play. And that's why he says, don't, don't get caught up in the idolatry. Don't get caught up in these other things. Instead, focus your attention as wise people on gathering together, worshiping God, because there's something that fills you in those moments. There's something that happens when we praise. We said, uh, I think it was in week three, where we talked about how when, when we plant a seed in the ground, you can plant the seed in the ground, and that's great. You need to do that. But seeds require water. Like you got to water the seed, otherwise you're never going to see it progress. And we said that the way that we water the seeds is with our words. When we use our words to speak aloud God's word, we're watering the seeds, the decisions, the patterns, the, the people of faith that we want to become, the process that God has. us. We use our words to water the seed. Worshiping God, when you sing songs of praise to God, when what we did a few minutes ago, when we were gathering and we were singing aloud these songs, and it was, it, 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 what, you know what it was? It was theology set to a tune. We were singing specific songs and words that were describing and declaring certain things that we believe about God. That's what worship is. It's, it's using your words to describe and to, to, to declare something of God, who God is, what he's all about. There's something that happens in us when we use our words like that. Like, I don't know if you, you realize this, but like, worship isn't just the warm-up act before the sermon. Like, church isn't just the sermon. Although I think the sermon is a pretty great part. I like it. But it's not the only thing or even the main thing. Worship is more than just some warm-up act. When you and I together begin to sing to the Lord and we lift up praise to him, you know what happens? The Bible says he begins to show up. It's, it's what brings his presence into the room. It's what brings his presence into your life. You, you ever recognize that you're in a moment here and we're all singing worship and there's something in you that's kind of like warm and there's, there's just this sense in you. You know what that's called? The spirit of God. He shows up when we sing and worship, when we praise his name. But you don't have to be just in this room for that to happen. You don't have to be just in this place with the band and music and lyrics and lights and sound system. No, no, no. You can, you can praise God at any moment that you want. Worship is just simply using your words to declare God's worth. Worship is when you make a decision to use your words to declare God's worth. And so when when we take time and we start to sing a song to the Lord and the lyrics sure help us out because it helps us to describe the honor and the glory, the, the worthiness of God. We, we see it set to a tune in it and it helps us. Listen, what helps us to grow isn't just the magic of singing a song though. It's not the song that makes the seed grow. It's the faith behind the song that makes the seed grow. Like, it's not about a special song. It's not about a special style of songs that God likes more than others. It's not, uh, it, it's not about the, the, the volume of the song. 
It's not about the, the spontaneity of a song. It's not about the structure of a song. It's, it's not the song itself that moves God. You know what moves God? The faith behind the person who was willing to give the song. That's what God responds to. God always is responding to our, to our faith. Which is why it's, it's important to notice that because if you only wait for you to feel like singing a song, then you're only giving God when you feel like it. You're only giving him his affection when you feel like it. You're worshiping God on your terms rather than his terms. And God doesn't, God doesn't respond to your worship based on your preference. He responds to your worship based on your, your faith. Worship isn't a, an emotional thing. It's not all about our emotions. It's not about whether we know a song or don't, whether it's our personality or not. Worship is a choice to describe and declare the worth and the value that we have on God. You guys ever heard of uh, the five love languages? Heard of these five love languages where every human being has basically one of these five love languages? And uh, it's awesome when you begin to discover what your love language is because it helps you learn how to relate to other people for sure. But it's really great if you're in a, a relationship, maybe you're married, uh, it's really great to know what their love language is. Because when you know what their love language is, then you can communicate love to them in a way that they find the greatest value in. Like if uh, my wife, if her love language is gift giving, and all I do is use words to affirm her and tell her how great she is, but I don't ever spend no money on her, that's great, but that's not the way she wants to be loved. That's not what means the most to her. That's not what fills her love tank the most. Why? Because it's not the person's preference giving the love that matters. It's the person who's receiving the love. That's what matters. That's why worship isn't about your preference or your personality. Worship is determined by how God describes that it should be given. The Bible tells us that we're supposed to lift up a song of praise. You can't sing with your mouth closed. The Bible says that we're supposed to worship the Lord with a clap. You can't clap with your hands in your pocket. Well, I'm just meaning it from my heart, Pastor. That's fine, but that's not how God says that he wants to be praised. That's not how God wants the affection. That's not God's love language. God says that he wants us to lift up hands to the Lord. We don't lift up our hands because we put on deodorant. Like, we lift up our hands because he says to, and that's how he wants to be worshipped. Uh, I guarantee you this week, or this past Sunday, I threw my hands up a lot Sunday night as the Kansas City Chiefs destroyed. Yeah. And my hands went up in victory and in celebration of what was taking place. That's the same with your worship to God. When your hands go up, it's a posture of victory. It's a posture of celebration. It's a posture of praise. And that's why we lift our hands in church. Not because we're more uh, enthusiastic than other churches or it's our worship style. It has nothing to do with our preference. It has nothing to do with our personality. It has everything to do with this is the way the Lord says to describe and declare and to bring praise and love and adoration to him. It's about loving on him, not staying comfortable in our own way. 
Friends, worship is, is about declaring God. It's, it's true though. Like when you first start to worship God and start to give him praise, it can feel pretty awkward. Can I be honest for a little bit? Like the first time you go to a place and you're like singing songs on a screen and you're like, oh, cool, everybody knows. Oh, no, no, nobody knows the song. Everybody's just following along. I sure wish they had a bouncing ball. That would sure help me. If they had that bouncing ball, that would be fantastic. They're like, wait a second, why is everybody closing their eyes? Why are people crying? Why are some people jumping? This place is crazy. What is going on? Do they know something that I don't? Ah, eh, kind of. We kind of do. We know what we've been set free from. We know what we used to be bound by. We used to know what we were defeated by, but we're not anymore. We've been set free. We've been changed. We've been transformed. So he's worthy of all that we can give to him. That's why we're doing it. But I get it. See, the first time you close your eyes and you like, you lift your hands, you're like, oh my gosh, everybody's watching me. Everybody's watching me. This is so weird. I don't know. I don't know what to do in this moment. Like, it just feels awkward. But can I tell you something? You will never grow in your life as long as you stay comfortable. You will never develop to the next level if you're always doing the same thing that you've always done. Some of you walk out of here and by Tuesday you feel just as defeated as you did last week. You want to know why? Because your praise needs to continue beyond this moment into Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And because it's your praise that helps you remember that you've been given the victory. We don't praise and worship God because we've won it all. We praise God even though we haven't yet won it all. It's about faith. It's about seeing beyond. It's, it's about I'm willing to worship when I've seen some progress and I'm willing to worship God when I haven't seen any progress yet. That's why it's called faith. It's not magic in the song that you sing. What really moves the heart of God is the faith to give the song in the first place. It's, it's the, the faith to go, you know what? The Bible says to lift up my hands. I'm gonna do that because that's how God wants to be loved. He wants me to show my affection to him. And one of the ways I can show my affection is by lifting my hands. So I'm gonna lift my hands because it's about loving on him, not living in my comfort zone, not living in my, my place of familiarity. It's about moving beyond that. You know, when you plant a seed and it goes into the ground, and you water it a little bit and you wait a period of time, there is no plant, no seed, no crop that can grow without sunlight. Without, without sunlight shining down, there's something that happens in the process of the seed that allows the seed to activate and begin to produce sprouts, if you will, that eventually emerge from the dirt towards the sunlight. Did you know that tree branches and plants all grow towards the sunlight? Wherever there is sunlight, the, the branches and the, the, the beams and the stalks, they all have to grow towards where there is sunlight. Did you know that all through Scripture, the presence of God is often described in terms of light? That any time that the presence of God showed up, there was like this radiance, this light that took place. God met with Moses, and when Moses had a meeting with God and God's presence showed up, it was so bright that he had to cover it up 
because it was going to blind everybody else. When Jesus was on the, the, mount of, uh, on the mountaintop and, and God's presence shows up and he starts speaking in a cloud and, and it shines like this huge bright light and some of the disciples were there and they started tripping out. They're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's really bright. I think that's God talking. Are they, Did you have some mushrooms? No, I didn't have any mushrooms. Did you get that special grass? I didn't get that special grass. Oh my gosh, are you seeing this? I'm seeing this. It is really, really bright and something really amazing has happened. I don't know what is happening some of you who aren't laughing it's all right to laugh at church it's gonna be all right and the bible says that the radiance of god glowed with light why because when god's presence shows up there's this light that begins to shine friends god gave you some limbs and branches some are long and lanky, and some are medium and bulky. Those aren't mine. I got them skinny limbs. But when you recognize that there's a potential to get the presence of God, when you are willing to lift your limbs towards the sun, S-O-N, the light of Christ begins to shine in your life. And as that his presence begins to fill your life, it is his presence in your life that allows you to grow beyond where you're at right now. We get stuck in our lives, and I get stuck in my life, and I get, feel like I'm going in circles, and the only way to break out of that, the only way to really take a step in progress is when I make a decision to worship God, to pour my affection and my love out on God, despite how I feel in the moment, despite if I've seen a victory, despite if I'm in the, 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 the deepest, darkest place of my life. When I make a decision and a choice to worship God, his presence fills me in that moment. And it is the light of his presence that you need if you're going to see growth this year. If you want to see growth in your life, if I want to grow beyond the old patterns of thinking, if I want to grow beyond the old habits, if I, if I want to grow beyond those things, it's only going to happen because I made a decision to allow more of his presence to fill my life. It's only going to happen if I want to, if, if you and I want to get past the anger, if we want to get past the impurity, if we want to get past the, the slander and the gossip and the, and the habits in our life, if we want to get past all those things, it's not because we have more willpower than we've ever had. It's because we recognize his presence fills us. And it's when his presence fills us that it propels us to go forward. The part that you play is worship. First Corinthians 3 tells us that you can plant, another person can water, but it's only God who makes it grow. Only God who brings about the increase in growth in your life. Which means that if you want to grow, if I want to grow, I've got to be willing to put on my praise and to be willing to lift my hands and to sing. I've got to be willing to worship the Lord outside getting beyond my country. I've got to be willing to give him praise because when I, when the praise goes up, his presence comes down. And it's only his presence. It's the light of his presence that makes the seeds that you planted and have been watering and waiting on, that's what makes it grow. That's what makes it grow. Friends, listen. You can worship at any moment. I can worship at any moment. Worship is simply this. When you are willing to direct your attention 
towards God and describe your affection for God. Your worship, my worship happens not because we turn on some music, not because we show up and we sit in a, in a sanctuary and we listen to other people worship. No, worship happens. The presence of God fills your life when you make a decision to direct your attention on him and are willing to describe your affection for him. That's what worship is. That's what your personal worship is. The songs, man, they sure help because these people are, are poetic. They've written some great lyrics and it, we can use those words on the screen or words in the song to describe our affection for God. They absolutely help. But the, it really matters when you personally, man, you, you're singing those words. You're put your attention on, you're not worried about the games. You're not worried about what you've got to do later today. You're not worried about anything that the days to come. You're just worried and you're thinking, you've directed your attention on God and you're giving him and describing your affection that you have for him. It's not about your affection versus my affection. He just wants affection from you. He loves it from you. It doesn't matter if you feel really good about singing. Oh, I got a great voice. Not impressive to God. The Bible says, let everything that has breath, that's who should praise the Lord. Last time I checked, everybody in this room, it's got some breath. If you've lost your breath, let us know. We'll come pray for you right now. And like, like we got breath in our lungs. We ought to use it to praise the Lord. That's why we have the music loud in this place. Not because we like loud music. We want to make it loud enough that no matter how well or how bad you sing, you can sing without affecting anybody. Ain't nobody listening to you, sweetheart. Like, that's why we, we lower the lights because it helps our attention not be like, what's everybody else doing? What are they doing? How, how high are their hands? I don't really want to go that high. I'm going to come out here. I'm going to, like, I can sway. I don't have any rhythm. Like, we just help eliminate the distractions. Why? So that your attention can be on God because he's the one who's getting it. And we, we sing these songs because they help us to describe our affection for him. Today we're going to end our service. We're going to spend the, the last few minutes of our service together worshiping the Lord. We've designed it this way. And so I want to invite the worship team to come. And uh, as the worship team is coming, would you also just stand to your feet for me? Anytime you decide to turn your attention and to describe your affection, that's called worship. And the Bible says that God lives, camps out, shows up among the praises of his people. Among you and me, when we make a decision to worship, to worship him, you can worship anytime, any place. But we're going to take some time here in this moment to do it together. And I want to challenge you that whatever you norm, whatever is your normal during our time of worship, can I challenge you to go one more step this week? Go one more step beyond what you're comfortable and take a step beyond it. Maybe you're like, a, I'm just kind of a humming and a rocker. Why don't you open your mouth and start singing something? Maybe you're like eyes wide open wondering what's happening because you don't trust nobody. You think they're going to steal your money. They ain't going to take your money. Like, 
Maybe, maybe this is your day to close your eyes and to take one more step and really give your attention to God, thinking about the words that we're singing. Maybe you've never lifted your hands. I double dog dare you to do it. It's not something special about your hands. It's the faith behind the action that God is responding to. Just a couple years ago, I made this same challenge to the people as we went back into a time of worship. And I said, wherever you're at, if you'll just take another step, I promise God will meet you. And there's a gentleman in our church who was standing there and he's come from a, an unchurched background. This is all new to him. And he's like, you know what? I'm not really an expressive person. I'm not really a verbal person like this, but I'm, I'm gonna try this. And so he did. He closed his eyes and he sang and he lifted his hands. And as he started to lift his hands, there was a pop in his shoulder. And where, where previously he had had severe shoulder pain, by his act of willingness and faith to raise his hands and lift them up to the Lord, the Lord healed him in that moment. Now I'm not saying copy and paste it and I'm not promising everybody that lifts their hands is gonna have a million dollars float down from the sky. Like that, it's not the point. Because the point wasn't the hands, the point was the faith behind the hands that went up. As we were preparing for this series and for the year, I was praying for you. I was praying for me, I was praying for our church. And the Lord gave me kind of a vision, a picture, if you will. And I believe it was prophetic. I believe that it's for us. And I believe it was a picture of what God wants to do in me and in you. And the picture was this. I saw people of our church below ground. We weren't buried and dead. We were planted below ground. And as we decided to lift up a voice of praise and worship the Lord, and we would lift our hands in surrender to the Lord, that as we lifted our hands, our hands went up, started pressing through the dirt. And the minute they crossed through the dirt to where the sunlight was, they transformed into plants and trees and it began to grow and blossom. I believe your breakthrough I believe my breakthrough that I'm believing for in this year, I'm believing the transformation and the change that you long for, that I long for, the growth and the maturity that you've so badly, the things you've wanted to leave behind, the anxiety that used to keep you back, the frustration and the sleepless nights and all of the, the, the medical things and all of the, the social things and all of the things that have kept you back as you make a decision in faith to worship the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you are, you are gonna lift your hands towards the sky and the Spirit is going to show up. His presence is going to be exchanged in your life. And the things that used to hold you back aren't holding you back anymore. The things that used to define you aren't going to define you anymore. The things that used to, 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 to limit you in habits and things, no, they're gone. Why? Because you, you're praising for your breakthrough, not because there's been a breakthrough. Faith is willing to praise no matter what you face. I'm not saying it's gonna happen today. I'm not saying it's gonna happen in a week. I'm just saying as we make a practice and we're willing to step beyond our level of normalcy in our praise, the Lord is gonna inhabit and he's gonna meet you there. We will grow when the presence of the Lord fills us more than the presence of anything else. Would you bow your heads? And if you would, be willing to lift your hands just a little bit up to the sky. Father, here in this moment, we're here. We wanna worship you. Lord, for the next few minutes, Lord, we're gonna sing these songs and 
For some of us, it'll be the first time we sing. For some watching online, sitting on their couch, they're gonna make a decision in faith to sing and to worship too. God, I pray that you would just show up here in this moment, that your presence would fill us and invade us. God, we want to grow this year. We wanna develop and change. And Lord, it's gonna happen as we make a decision to praise. That's our part. So Lord, we choose in this moment to sing and to worship and to praise you.
Father, I thank you. Lord, as we have worshipped you, as we praise you, Lord, it's not about feeling it. It's not even about, maybe we don't even believe everything that we're singing, but Lord, there's something of faith that begins to shift, that begins to rise. There, there's something that begins to raise up and builds up in us. God, as we sing with our hearts, as we make these declarations of these theologies and these truths, Lord, we do believe that you are the way maker. You're a miracle worker. You keep your promises, God. And Lord, until we see the promise happen, we just choose to keep praising you. And Lord, as our praise goes up, we believe your presence is coming down, filling our hearts and touching us and, and being here with us. Lord, I pray that this week, kitchens will turn into sanctuaries, that cars and as we're driving to and from work, your presence will inhabit those moments and those places, God. Our, our bedrooms will become these Bible colleges where, where we're just in, in, in a moment with you, God, that it'll be while we're working in the yard or while we're out running errands with our kids, there'll be just these songs that we'll sing out. And, and Lord, it won't just be words or music. It'll be our attention is on you and our affection is being poured out to you, God. God, help keeping us move us forward. Lord, I thank you that your presence is transforming us. You're changing us. You're making us different. And Lord, may this house, may this place, may this space always be a place where we welcome your presence, where we don't put on a show or a performance, where we don't just pattern and go through some things to check off. But Lord, we make room for you. We turn our attention towards you and we give you all of our affection. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody who agrees says, amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. He's good.